Good morning and happy Tuesday. I am Kelly Williams. I'm your host today, and this is Grow Your Know, brought to you by Kelly's Green. Um, I hope everybody had a great weekend, and uh, I'm excited to be here. We've got a great show for you today. Um, We've got uh, Brett Montague is here with us today. He is with End It For Good, and we are going to talk to him uh, a little bit uh, in just a few minutes. couple housekeeping things that I always want to cover. Number one, if you haven't uh, gotten your medical marijuana card, go ahead and do so. Now is a great time to do that. Um, You can uh, contact your physician and um, have your physician assist you with that. Or um, if you if your physician is not a certifying physician, then there are a ton of resources, and I'll go over those uh, towards the end of the before we before we uh, end the show today. I'll um, I'll give you guys some resources so that you can go back and uh, find a certifying physician. Right now, we have over two hundred certifiers in the state, so there is one close to you wherever you are. I am confident of that. Uh, In addition, we've got some uh, super exciting news, too. I know we've talked about in the past with the cards, uh, the Department of Health was uh, a little slow. They had some some snags in the the beginning, and the cards were taken a few months. Well, actually, 30 days to two months, rather. Sorry about that. 30 days to two months. We are now down to a card being issued in one hour. I had I talked to a friend of mine the other day. She has a debilitating condition. She went to her physician and got her certification. And by the time and uh, she got home, by the time she got home from her visit, she had a medical marijuana card from the Department of Health. An hour, fantastic, fantastic. So kudos to DOH for um, streamlining the process. Kudos to the legislature for uh, giving them the tools they needed to do that. So um, great news there. So uh, get your card, get your card, get your card. Also, I wanted to mention, you know, I talked to everybody. I talked to you guys about Kelly's Green hiring. We've talked about our job fair and work assistance, uh, work permit assistance program that we had. Um, just want to remind everybody, we are still hiring. We are still hiring. So if you are interested in working in the medical marijuana industry, please give us a shout. Uh, and uh, we'd love to uh, bring you down, get you an interview, and let you be part of the best medical marijuana team in the state, the Kelly's Green Dream team. (laughs) So uh, we are still hiring. So uh, if you're interested, let us know. Uh, We can help you out with a work permit. Uh, I mean, we can help you out. We can assist you in getting one if you don't already have one. If you have one, please contact us. We'd love to have you as part of the team. So those are my housekeeping uh, items I just wanted to get uh, get out, as I always do, uh, sort of our staples here at Grow Your Know. Um, but uh, let's get to our guest. Uh, so we have today with us Brett Montague. Hey, Brett, how are you this morning? Hey, Kelly, how are you this morning? Is this working? Am I good? Yep. Yeah, we're good. good. Yeah. Well, well, thank you so much for having me. 
Happy Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Happy Taco uh, great Tuesday. Great to be here with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love yeah. So you respect Taco Tuesday, too. <laughs> I do. I do. I observe it. Yeah. I actually lived in Latin America for a couple of years, so oh. uh, I love Latin food. Okay. I have a special taste for it. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, then you probably appreciate it even yeah. more than That's a fun, ir- irrelevant fact, but uh, yeah, hey. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about fun, irrelevant facts because yes. yeah. the I truth is, is somewhere they're relevant. Honestly, they fit into the, to the to the puzzle somewhere. Um, so let's just go back. So, so Brett, you are the CEO for End It for Good. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, um, you know, sometimes CEO means chief janitor too. <laughs> uh, but um, but no, it's 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 been an honor uh, being here the last uh, three years, and uh, this came about very organically. And I'll get into my story and just sure, bit, you know sure. if you'll uh, let me share a little Absolutely. bit about it. Yeah. You know, just to uh, you really give people the big picture of what we do. Um, but you know, um, you, you know, our founder, Christina Dent from I here do. in the Jackson I, I area. I love Christina. Much respect. She's done a tremendously fantastic job. She's a, a phenomenal human being yeah. with tremendous talent and just abundant, um, infinite grace. Um, and we met, you know, in a very organically, uh, and, um, uh, yeah, it just, this this came came about very naturally i was in a completely different line of work and you know if you'd asked me seven years ago if i'd be doing what i'm doing today advocating for what i'm advocating for i would have said you're crazy but you know life takes its twist and turns it sure does Um, and you just when you're being called to something you need to follow it Um, absolutely yeah um and fortunately, you know, I was raised in a way to be flexible, nimble, and open-minded, and uh, and and that's what's gotten me here. So that's fantastic. Um, I can't so, do it with people around me. Yeah, and I and I know I know some of the other team members, and you guys have a phenomenal team. Thank um, you. Yeah, really, really, truly. Um, exceptional human beings uh, that have come together for, uh, at least from my perception, for just a a great purpose. Um, So tell us just a little bit about End It For Good itself. What is End It For Good? What is is the mission uh, or the philosophy? However you want to define it or discuss it. Yeah, sure. I, I, and, and I appreciate that. And, um, uh, so yeah, the name, the name of our organization is called End It for Good. Uh, the it in our name is the war on drugs, which okay. America has had, you know, kind of as a, uh, running government, uh, tool, uh, for drug enforcement for uh, officially for the last 50 years, really for the last 100 years since the Harrison Narcotics Act of 1914 was passed. Um, it, we've just had a one size fits all punitive, coercive, criminalizing, uh, response or management approach to drugs, uh, the drug trade and the drug supply and the consumption of drugs, uh, all across the board. And, um, you know, research and, and data and history shows us, uh, that, you know, over that time period, uh, drug related problems in our society have Mm -hmm. not, uh, 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 have not gone away or really decreased. In right. fact, they've done quite the opposite. Uh, drug use is up. Addiction is up. Uh, crime is up. And incarceration rates are up. So we're losing on all fronts. Right. Uh, so we just kind of candidly, you know, come to uh, accept that and say we need to find a better way uh, in, in a way that is going to uh, save lives. Um, minimize unnecessary mm-hmm. incarcerations, 
uh, help people, families, kids, communities uh, better better thrive. Um, and and so what our mission is at In It for Good uh, is we uh, we do advocacy work. It's mm-hmm. education, okay. really, with 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 leaders, voters, uh, a wide variety of stakeholders. We even work with law enforcement, uh, a- inviting them to support approaches to drugs that prioritize life and the opportunity right. to thrive. Um, and so, really, what we what we do uh, through education, advocacy, storytelling, um, we help people see that if we uh, began approaching. Uh, drugs and drug use as a complex health issue instead of a criminal one, right. we would get way better outcomes in society is the is the easiest way uh, to say it. So, yeah, and I love that. So, so really at the core of all of it is is this approach to addiction uh, as a as a complex. I think you just said it, as a complex healthcare issue and mm-hmm. not necessarily as a criminal one. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Um, in, a, in other words, and, yeah. I, and no, I don't no, no, mean no, to cut ahead. you off, yeah. but I mean, in, in other words, when it comes to the government approach, it needs to be more public health oriented instead of criminal justice oriented. Right. Drugs are a health issue. Right. Drug use is a health issue. Obviously, addiction is a, is a health issue. Right. And, and so much of the underlying uh, factors or the root causes of addiction uh, are, are rooted in trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is obvious that gets into a whole nother oh, sure. mental health yeah. issue that we could, yeah. you know, spend two hours on. But it, it is it is very complex. It's not simple. Um, and it's going to require all hands on deck to start thinking not only outside of the box, but beyond the box. Right. On how we're going to save lives, because if if we don't drastically change something uh, in how we're approaching our drug policies by the presidential election in 2028, we will have lost more Americans to drug overdoses in this young century alone than we have lost in all American wars combined since General Washington took command of the Continental Army. That is striking, stunning, shocking. Uh, that's crazy bad. Yeah. Um, and, and what do you, you know, and I, I don't want to put you on the spot. And if, if, no, it's okay. You know, you know, so what do you think, so by that, by that, uh, by that data, mm-hmm. uh, that data point, we so is the is addiction uh, not? We know it's not decreased, right? Mm-hmm. It, is it? It sounds like it's growing. Like we we mm-hmm. are growing exponentially. It is that accurate based on what you just said, or is it just the same as it's been and we're seeing more of it? Like we recognize it more now, or is it? Or are more people becoming addicted to drugs? Um, and if if so, is that a is that a? Can you directly is that a direct correlation to the war on drugs? Is it? Mm-hmm. Is it? We're so stressed. We're so. Uh, we have so much trauma in our lives. Absolutely. You know, is it all of it's, it? It 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 is. It is all of it. It is not. It is not one thing that you can point to. Mm-hmm. It is a number of different pa- factors, some of which you just pointed out mm-hmm. uh, or, or or key in that. Um, now, this year, last year, I don't. I don't know the statistical differences mm-hmm. from this year to last, but I can tell you that since the year 2000, yes, our addiction rates have increased nationally, uh, statewide here in Mississippi. Um, absolutely, they have. Now, that that being said, um, you know, the uh, um, the narrative or the, the, the assumption 
that all of our overdose deaths are just uh, happening to people that are suffering from substance use disorder or or, in, or that, in other words, are in the throes of addiction mm-hmm. uh, is a false assumption. Uh, that is not necessarily true. Many of the people that we are losing uh, today in the unfortunate fentanyl epidemic, uh, which is which is promulgated by the underground drug market, by the way, and drug cartels, um, uh, the, the, the the unfortunate trends we're seeing with that fentanyl crisis is that we are seeing many young people, college age, high school, young professionals that are just curious mm-hmm. and are experimenting with a substance, a pill, right. and they take they take something and they don't know what it is right and they die that's that is incredibly tragic it's so scary it absolutely is i have a 14 year old son it's so scary um and 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 you can't you can't say oh my child will never do that oh my child will never try that you just can't because you don't know you don't you You don't don't know and the and uh and and kids of course can't appreciate danger not not like that no they cannot uh they can't appreciate the fact that that may that may kill you or it may not, and you don't know, and uh, and so uh, yeah, it's super super scary. Um, uh, yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think the stronger the legal market is, the weaker the criminal market or the black market or leg- we call it like I, I refer it to as the criminal or the legacy market, but. Um, yeah, and so I think that we are about ready to take a break. So we're going to come right back with that. Thank you so much, Brett, for being here. Thank you. This is Grow Your Know, brought to you by Kelly's Green. We'll be right back. Uh, I'm Kelly Williams, and this is the Grow Your Know Hour, brought to you by Kelly's Green. This is your uh, one place for, or at least one of one of many, I guess, maybe not the only place, for all your Uh, information and education on Mississippi medical marijuana and beyond. We have a uh, a great guest with us today. We've got Brett Montague. We were having a fantastic conversation uh, before our break. Um, Brett is the CEO of End It For Good, and we were talking about all kinds of fantastic things today. Um, uh, Brett, before the break, we were talking a little bit about, uh, well, we were talking a lot about End It For Good, the mission, the, the purpose um, and sort of the philosophies behind it and, and a lot of st- the statistics that support what you guys are doing. Um, I wanted to go back just a quick question. Uh, well, you mentioned the 1914 Act. Does that go back, and, and, and that's the timeline um, based on my understanding of the war on drugs, that things really changed as well. Hmm. Um, and I, I attribute that to the book uh, uh, Chasing the Scream. Fantastic um, book. Yeah. That book I, changed my whole perspective on this. It, it's, it is. It's I, one, yeah. I'm always telling people if you're if you if you're interested at all in the war on drugs, uh, in, in any way, whether you support it, whether you don't support it, uh, whether you're on the fence, whether you, you don't, you know that we have a problem but don't know what to do. Like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people recognize, holy cow, we, we have a serious issue here, but maybe just haven't... Um, explored it enough to know what they think is a good idea to do about addiction. Um, you know, and it's easy to, uh, it's easy to have some solution to it when you're not in the middle of it. Yeah. So in, and by the yep. middle of it, you can yourself be, have a, 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 a problem or if you have a family member, uh, or a friend that has a problem, has an addiction issue, it, it becomes, when it hits close to home, the com- the complexity of it and the emotional toll that it takes 
on everyone um, becomes clear that maybe you don't understand when you're looking at it from afar, um, mm-hmm. just saying, oh, I think addiction is this and I think addiction is that. And um, But when you're watching a loved one suffer with it and 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 how and the family is suffering too it's not just you know it's not it's not it's not isolated to that one member of your family i mean it it really impacts everybody in the home uh everybody close to that person everybody has to change their lives and they either enable or maybe they don't they're always trying to figure out you know how do i protect this person how do i protect the rest of the family how do we stay together how do you get help what do we do like how do we how can we sustain this like i don't know what tomorrow brings and and i never thought i'd be here those are the kind of feelings i think people experience when addiction hits close to home yeah um and i think uh i don't want to get too personal i'll let you get as personal as you want Uh, i wanted to talk a little bit about um if you if you want to share sort of your story how you how you came into this uh journey um in your life yeah, I, I appreciate that, and I'm yeah. and I'm happy to share. Um, and you know, to to your point, I think uh, in all of us, you know, whatever particular stance that you develop on any given issue, whether we're talking about drugs or tax reform or whatever issue you want to talk about, uh, we normally form those opinions and take those stances. Uh, based on personal experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that personal experience uh, f- feeds so much that happens in our lives um, and experience uh, more than anything else uh, determines uh, who we become more than just intelligence. And that tells you the power of experience. Um, and and you're right, it's easy to be looking at something from afar and say, this is the simple solution, or I'm indifferent to that issue. But when you see it up close and you see it on its face, that really changes the game. It right. humanizes the issue. Um, and, and it really is so complex. It, it is very complex. It, it just, you know, I, and, I can't overstate that enough. Just the, the emotional toll, the planning to try to figure out how do we how do we live day to day doing this and how long can we live like this and what do we do and how does this end? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, so the n- number, number one, you know, there, there are no simple answers. We've got to, we, we've got to start embracing that and understand what, that we have to come at this from a holistic standpoint and start treating individuals, mm-hmm. uh, not have a one size fits all sure. a, a, a approach. That being said, uh, my personal experience was, uh, uh, my, um, you know, I, I guess my draw or uh, what led me into this issue were two different experiences that mm-hmm. I had. One was family related. One was work related. Um, on the family front, uh, I have uh, I, so I'm a native Mississippian. I was born and raised in Hattiesburg uh, and raised in the same loving, caring uh, uh, household with uh, uh, under a family that has a great reputation in Hattiesburg with my older brother. Uh, he's my only brother, my older brother, Douglas. Um, and we were raised with the same values, mm-hmm. um, you know, ran in some of the same circles we were, there was two years between us, uh, had some of the same hobbies and even some of the same bad habits, including, you know, as we got into high school and college experimenting with, uh, you know, a number of different substances, sure. just experimenting sure. at, no, right, as right. people like, are curious, like, right? Like, t- like people typically, I won't say typically, cause I guess it depends yep. on who you are, but lots of people experiment, mm-hmm. um, in, in unfortunately lots of teenagers, but, and then you get to even, uh, 
older teenagers at college, well, of course, people go off and experiment. It's, they do. Right. They do. Um, and, um, and, and so, you know, to not, you know, bore you with details and get too granular on the story, but, you know, we, uh, yeah, we both uh, 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 participated in experiments with different things. Um, but we eventually started, our past started diverging. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I found something in, uh, with my studies in college and having the opportunity to study abroad. Uh, and then after graduating, going to do two years of service in the Peace Corps that helped me develop a purpose mm-hmm. and, and just helped me really put drug use and parting to the side, mm-hmm. parting to the side because I had a reason, right? Um, I had something that I wanted to be present for, right? Um, and um, that didn't uh, the Douglas didn't uh, exactly find that. Uh, uh, in terms of raw IQ, Douglas is way smarter than I am. Um, I just you know I got lucky. I had a, a, mm-hmm. uh, some opportunities come my way, uh, but uh, Douglas fell into a trap of a heroin addiction, um, and um, our family went through a dangerous. Uh, you know, uh, fifteen year cycle with his addiction. I tried everything under the, the sun. You know, uh, in accordance with the narrative that society throws to you, that right. in order to fix your family members, you, you, you have you to shame this. them, you have to punish right. them, you you have to criminalize yep. them, you have to coerce them, yep. and that's the only way out. out shame right. it, cut and ties, shame, call police. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, and shame it. Is good for us in some ways, in sure. some things in life. Sure. It's, it's a teacher. Right. It can be. But for this specific thing, it is not. Right. Well, if someone is in the throes of the addiction, of addiction, yeah, uh, they're not, they're not going to be able to hear you. Right. They're not. It's, right. it's going to make them go further the other way. And yeah. so they're, they're, they're frankly already doing more to themselves than probably perhaps you could. It, no, you're That's absolutely right. right. I mean, yeah. 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 They're, they're not even, there are so much in the throes of shame already. Anything that you try to cast on that is probably, like you just said, going to fall on deaf ears or deaf feelings. Like yep. it's already, they're already in so much pain. Yep. Yeah. It is, it is very true. And when somebody sticks a needle in their arm, by the way, what they're doing is they're punishing themselves. Mm-hmm. That is a symbolic move saying, I hate myself. Right. And I just want to escape this reality. Right. This, their, their life is, is, horrible sure absolutely and and we're doubling down saying these people need more accountability no no they don't they need compassion love we need to help them restore and rebuild their lives right are we just trying to perpetually punish people or are we actually trying to restore life that was a big takeaway from the 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 journey that i have with my brother Uh, and all of this came to a head in uh 2017 in a rock bottom experience where uh, we changed our tack from the way we had been doing for you know the last number of years, and uh, decided to Im- approach him in that way, more loving, compassionate way. And it taught me that oh, influence and compassion works better than coercion and enforcement. Right. And that was a huge aha for me. And so that was like the first uh, story experience that fueled where me getting here today. Uh, I'd love to tell you about my work related experience here yeah, in a bit yeah, well, too. We'll, yeah, well, and we we're going to wait we're going to we have to break in just a second so we'll yeah. we'll we'll wait on your work. But I did want to just say um you you mentioned what well, you just said it just a minute. Do we do that? Do we hold them more accountable or do we restore a recovery? I think was, mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the exact word you said, but I think yeah. it all also comes back to you know it sounds hokey and trite, but it's so true. It just comes back to love. Mm-hmm. It just comes back to loving each other. And you know people are like, you know, we don't want to hear that. But but that is the truth. I mean, 
um, it's so hard to to uh, you can lose that that feel. You know, you lo- you always love somebody, but when you're in the middle of a, of all of that, it's so hard to say, "Hey, let me just stop for a second and remember w- what we are. We're family, and I love you. And I, you know, there's there's a better way." Empathy. Uh, you lose empathy. A hundred percent. You do. A hundred percent. And 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 I'd, to wrap it up in a bow, I would I would just say this. You know, people were no, will know that they're valued when you value them, right? And you try to meet them where they are. That yep. means yep. digging it means deep, a lot. asking a That's lot right. of questions. That's right. It it doesn't mean marginalizing them. Right. That's going to do the opposite. Right. What is our goal? Yep. Absolutely. Fantastic. All right. On that note, we're going to take a break. Uh, We'll be right back. This is Grow Your Know, brought to you by Kelly's Green. Kelly Williams, and uh, this is Grow Your Know. And uh, we have a fantastic guest with us today, uh, Brett Montague with End It For Good. And um, we're just, we're we're happy to have you here. And and before the break, we were talking about um, your family story, the story with your brother and uh, what a what a what an incredibly um, brave thing to do to tell your personal family story. Um, I think it's I think it's so important though that people hear that um, to know you know why you're in this um, and how you got here. Um, and you mentioned uh, so and you mentioned that uh, before the break you had another experience as well. I think a workplace experience that also sort of. Um, navigated you to this spot where you are. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah, and um, you know, let me let me say too, Kelly, I appreciate you acknowledging that it is it is very vulnerable sure. to share you know stuff that is up close, personal, right. Um, but I don't want to see other families in the future have to go through what I went through, right. what my family went through. To your point from earlier, you know, like if you if you let the loved one's addiction, you know, affect the the wider sphere of the family. It can take all of you down a dangerous spiral if right. you don't deal with it That's in the right. right way. So you, it, it's it's very difficult to navigate. Um, but um, you you know, uh, uh, that was the spark right. that kind of led me into this. Uh, uh, but, but right, and I, I don't want to. I wanted one thing that we said during the break. Uh-huh. Uh, I wanted to say. I wanted to get you to repeat that on the air because I think it's it's so short and simple, but it's so powerful. Um, and you said the uh, the opposite of addiction is the, yes, the op- that the opposite of addiction is connection. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 so it's the, the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. Right. The opposite of addiction is connection. It's connection. Giving people a connection to. Uh, a community, a church, a circle of friends, a connection to a family, connection to a job. Right. Uh, more often than not, when people are able to rebuild those connections, they don't feel the need to escape or anesthetize or you know want right. to get away from their situation. Right. Uh, the more we marginalize people, the more we criminalize them. The yeah. deeper they g- get into their addiction, and the de- and the higher our death rates become. Right. That's and just it, the simple truth. And it takes an enormous amount of self-awareness and even open-mindedness uh, to break those to break those habits. Mm-hmm. You know, and I will call it a habit. It's mm-hmm. so easy to turn around and be angry with somebody 
uh, and marginalize them when they're in the middle of an addiction and that addiction is hurting not just them but the rest of the family. It's so easy to be angry and to say, I'm, I, I, I'm just, you're, you're, you're pitiful. I can't believe you're doing this to yourself and to us. You know, if you loved us, you wouldn't do this. And that's, excuse me, that's so easy to say um, in the heat of the moment and to feel that way. But the truth is, uh, it, it, if you step back and you really look at it for what it is, um, it's not that. It is, it is, right. it is not. And, you know, they are, uh, you know, again, when, when people are, uh, problematically, um, uh, using drugs, they are actually trying to solve a problem. Right. They're trying to get away from something that is so terrible. It's, it's, it's an escape. Um, and the more that they are pushed into that type of marginalization, that dark, uh, place that place that's only going to lower their self-esteem the more that they're going to start or keep using right and they're probably going to start using more dangerous substances right, right. um you know so uh, uh, uh you know kind of off on my, on my soapbox on that particular sure. point for a minute but um to your question about you know the other story that was work work related that got me into this 11 months after the kind of aha moment that i had with my brother um, I had a uh, an experience uh, um, at work. I was working as a HR manager at a manufacturing facility just outside of Hattiesburg at the time, mm-hmm. um, and uh, this was four and a half years ago. And a guy named actually named Brett uh, walked through our doors uh, uh, applying for a job. Um, it was uh, it was one of the, it was the best interview that I've ever had to this day, hourly or salaried. Single best interview okay. I've ever had. He yeah. he uh, he answered all my questions on point. He asked great questions at the end of the interview. When I gave him the floor, he couldn't have made a better impression on right. me. And I was intent on hiring. There there was one small hang up though with uh, the hiring process. He um uh he was completely honest and he disclosed on his application that he had just exited our state prison system after serving a two and a half year sentence on a nonviolent uh, heroin possession charge. Uh, rewinding the clock right. three years earlier at 23 years old. Oh, okay. I met him when he, when Brett was 26. At 23 years old, six months after falling uh, into a heroin addiction, after developing a heroin addiction, uh, he was arrested for heroin possession on a, mm-hmm. on a felony charge. Um, he was recently married, had a newborn daughter, um, and, you know, as a result of the charge and conviction, he was sent into our state prison system. And uh, so, you know, uh, um, I knew once I saw that on his application, I yeah. was going to have to go to my superior to sure. get concurrence, right? Um, and so I did, and I made my pitch. And unfortunately, my boss, she um, vetoed my decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, and She was concerned that hiring someone with a felony who had struggled with an addiction would set a bre- bad precedent for the company. And on, uh, you know, uh, generally speaking, I could understand it on one level, that concern. Sure. Uh, however, walking away from that constant, uh, walking away from that conversation uh, really just left me puzzled and in consternation mm-hmm. and somewhat uh, anger because I was just like, I was like, again, like, what are we, are we trying to punish people constantly right. or are we actually trying to restore life? Right. Um, and, uh, you know, and then I was like, I mean, 
Now, this is in, you know, rural Mississippi. It's in a rural county outside of Hattiesburg is mm-hmm. where it was. Um, there's not many job opportunities there. This is about the only place that this guy could get gainful employment. Now that he's essentially barred culturally from working in the legal economy, what would Brett do to make ends meet and provide for his family? Would he start selling drugs? Would he engage in some other criminal activity? Right. Because that is humanly possible if any, sure. nobody has another outlet. Um, well, you, you you have to do something. You, you have to do something. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and on a deeper level, it made me think about, you, you know, decisions like this. You know, how is this going to impact uh, him and his family and the broader community around right. him right. Uh, treating people like this? And how will this affect the next generation of uh, kids, workers, and leaders? Um, and, 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 and I also thought on an, another level that my company actually lost that day. We lost a real potential asset. Right. Uh, here was someone who needed help. Instead, he got handcuffs. Mm-hmm. He did his time and he's trying to make a good faith effort to contribute to his community right. and to our workplace. And we're telling him no. Uh, I thought, you know, that we failed to see the person that day. Sure. All we saw was his past. He has limited job opportunities for the rest of his life. He's losing out on it, but so are we. Right, right. We are, are just wasting away too much potential. Just last year, we had 110,000 Americans that we know of mm-hmm. on record. We had 110,000 Americans die of a drug overdose that, that is a is r- record-breaking catastrophe yeah. it is a you, you, it, it is a catastrophe it, it is, is a catastrophe. it is and it is a workforce related issue as well uh, absolutely it, it it is it is um and you know so we are yeah, there are many communities that we work with at in at in it for good mm-hmm. uh the the faith community we actually work with law enforcement you know we work with healthcare officials soccer moms that are of, uh, scared of the contaminated drug supply on our streets sure um you know but we also work with business leaders as well um we're we're beginning to they're starting to hear the conversation but that needs to continue and it needs to grow because until communities like uh healthcare clergy Mm-hmm. And business leaders get on board with right. reforms. Nothing meaningful is going to change. That's right. Um, and we're going to be doing our due best to make sure that that happens. And uh, to that end, uh, 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 after this year, and I'll talk about our summit at the end of the year in a minute. Um, uh, it, it, in the first quarter of 2024, we're going to be releasing a report, uh, uh, a workforce develop, development related report that is going to highlight uh, how criminalizing a uh, drug use and addiction is negatively impacting the workforce. Uh, workforce that's workforce. yeah, th- uh, yeah. That's yes. uh, yeah. And and nobody thinks about it in those terms. I mean, at least not that I that I hear. Yep. Uh, we're still so um, still so married to this idea that it's uh, we should criminalize it and we should hold people accountable and uh, and clearly that's not working. Um, but when you talk about it in terms of like workforce. Uh, that, that affects everybody. It does. You know, that affects everybody. Um, and so I think it's so important and I think that's also part of changing the narrative. I think it's so important to change the narrative. Um, and, and when you, I hear the word restoration, I mean, that, that really, uh, for me is sort of sums up what we need to be, you know, looking at. We need to, seeing the person, I think you just said just a moment ago, seeing that person and not their addiction, 
um, is so important. And restoration, this this idea of restoration um, for people, uh, I, I just think it's huge. Like I think that if if we change the narrative, you know, we we can get there. And and everybody having a seat at the table, like you just said. Now, everybody, I, everybody, and, and 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 to that point, I don't mean to oh, you no, know no, hijack what yeah. you're the question you're leading into or the point you're trying to make, but you, you, people will know that they're valued when you value them. We need to start if we really want to get through to people and help them be positive contributors to their community, engage in you know personal responsibility and personal freedom, and build their own lives and families and yada 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 all these things. We've really got to start asking ourselves some hard questions, right? And we we really need to deeply consider um, a, a number of things. Starting off with thinking less about about criminalization and coercion, mm-hmm. and more about restoration and redemption. Right. Those are the th- key things we need to start with. Right. That's uh, that you know, is. We, and we, and we can have a conversation about you know the futility of prohibition or the merits of you know potential legalization, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, America is not going to move the, to that tomorrow or next year. Right. Uh, I do think it's possible in the future, but th- this conversation needs to start on the cultural level. Are we going to criminalize criminal? Uh, are we going to prioritize criminalization and coercion over restoration and redemption? Or the opposite. Right. And and I think that's so important. I think that's such an important point is to identify the real issues, yeah. um, not get stuck in what has not gotten us anywhere uh, in the past, in the past over 100 years, but to, to recognize and distinguish uh, the actual issues that move us uh, towards a place of restoration. Um, all right, we got to take a break. We will be right back. This is Grow Your Know. I'm Kelly Williams and uh, brought to you by Kelly's Green. Welcome back. This is Grow Your Know, brought to you by Kelly's Green. I'm Kelly Williams and I'm here. Uh, we've had our guest today, Brett Montague with End It For Good. Uh, and this has been a fantastic hour. We could talk about this for Tons of uh, tons of shows, but I know you guys have a summit coming up. Right, I wanted you to take just a. I, I know we're we're about out of time here, but I wanted you to have an opportunity to tell everybody about your summit and where people can find you. Yeah, so the, thank you, Kelly, and thank you for having me. This is going to be our second uh, drugs and addic- shift drugs and addiction summit uh, that's happening on November sixteenth, twenty twenty three, in Jackson. Okay. We did one of these before in twenty twenty one in Hattiesburg. We had two hundred and fifty people in attendance. It was great. Uh, we're looking to have 400 attendees across all those stakeholder groups I mentioned earlier to kind of help them uh, see in this day-long affair, help them learn about the root causes of addiction and explore uh, other harm-reducing alternatives uh, outside of the punitizing, criminalizing war on drugs. Um, we'll have local and national speakers. It's going to be a great day and a game-changing day for our state. Awesome. And where can people find you if they want to contact you? Yeah, so uh, you you can email me directly at Brett, with two Ts, Brett, at enditforgood.com. And, yeah, feel free to email me, reach out. You can also go uh, learn more about our summit at uh, enditforgood.com forward slash 2023 shift summit. 
Fantastic. That's great. Um, and you can also find um, all kinds of information on the medical marijuana program. Uh, you can go to our website, which is www.kellysgreen.org. Of course, you can always find information at Mississippi Cannabis Patients Alliance at their website. They have a plethora of information. You guys have a fantastic week. We'll see you next week.